0: I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service.
1: So, amen. Well, God is, uh, is so, so good, and um, I'm trying to stall just for a second because I've got a, a scripture that I need to move over to my other, to my other side, and... Um, and we might just have to, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to just um, to just use it at the end and, uh, and call it good. All right, well, we're talking about baptism today. And first off, before we get started, I want us to do two things. Um, I want to take a minute and, uh, and I want to pray for Pastor Daniel. He's on sabbatical starting today. And um, so I want to join together as family, and I want to pray and lift and lift him and Pastor Susan up as they're they're starting their sabbatical, their time of refreshing. Amen. Amen. Praise God! It's so good, um, and I know that during um, Tiffany and, and, and I's time of of sabbatical, that we uh, that we felt you and we felt your prayers, and um, so. I want them to feel the same thing because they know that we're praying. So let's join together and let's pray. Father God, we pray right now for Pastor Daniel and Pastor Susan. God, we thank you um, for the call of God, uh, the call that you have placed on their life. And so God, we ask you today as family, we hold them up. And this isn't a passive thing where they go and do their thing and we do our thing. But, God, we're holding them up during this time. We thank you for your supernatural rest that will be on them. Not only that, but clarity of mind, clarity of spirit. God, that they'll be able to hear your voice strong. That there be new ideas and new passions birthed in their heart out of this time. And that this isn't wasted time, it's preparation time because it's time that we have set aside to spend with you, And so, God, we thank you that you are the giver of all things and that you are giving direction and guidance and peace and strength and joy and rest during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Second thing I'm going to ask us to do today is um, I was made aware um, yesterday that um, our, our friends in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, the church that we were birthed out of, Reach Church. Um, Their pastor, Pastor Chad Stewart, um, is battling COVID right now, and um, he was having a a pretty tough time uh, yesterday, and so I want to join together as family, and I want to pray for him, all right? Can we do that? Father God, we pray right now for Pastor Chad. God, we know that the enemy has come against and that he's struggling, but we have the expectation in you knowing that jesus paid the price for anything that comes against us and so god we commission the angels to be ministering spirits and go to where pastor chad is right now and to bring healing and health to his body in the name of jesus covid cannot stand in the presence of god and so we thank you god for your presence and we thank you for your healing power and we know you heal because you love us in jesus name amen <coughs> yesterday at five am <laughs> it's early five a m is early and uh, when you got to be ready at five am then like four fifty eight is early you guys so um I got on a call, Pastor Ray in the Philippines. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have, uh, we have nine churches that are partner churches with us in the Philippines. And so Pastor Ray, who oversees those churches, had sent me a message, and he said, Pastor Jason, can you get on a call at 5 a.m.? Well, he said 7 p.m. our time. That sounds a lot. 7 p.m. sounds great, right? So he said, can you get on a call at 7 p.m.? Um, with all the youth directors from all of our partner churches and I said yeah absolutely I can so I get on this call I wake up I roll out of bed brush my teeth because even though it's on zoom I didn't want that coming back right so uh, so I brushed my teeth and uh, I threw on a hoodie and and um, so, well I had sweatpants on too I, I'm not one of those zoom people that like is only from the waist up um, so I'm sitting there on Zoom, and I open up the Zoom, and it says, Welcome to Word of Life Philippines Youth Directors, whatever, camp or conference or something. It was in, it was in Tagalog. I didn't understand it. It said some word. And then it said, Speaker Pastor Jason Shirley. I didn't know that I was speaking. <laughs> I thought that I was attending. So it's 5 a.m., and now I'm speaking And I'm like, oh, yeah. But that's what the Bible talks about when it says be instant in season and out of season. Amen. So how many know that I still had a good word to bring to them? Amen. Praise God. And it was a really good time. And then I had the opportunity yesterday to go and to do a breakout session at uh, the Journey on Fire conference, which was several churches in town, and a conference uh, for young adults, and um, so I was able to go and bring a breakout session, three different sessions, and we talked about vulnerability, and that's actually something that I haven't shared fully with you guys, and um, so that's coming soon, okay, Um, but good, good stuff happening in the kingdom of God, amen, Amen. praise God, and good stuff happening right here uh, at Word of Life, because it's Baptism Sunday. And Baptism Sunday is a good day, amen? Praise God. Let's open in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your goodness today. God, we thank you for your love that you've extended to us. God, we thank you that you have showed us that love in that while we were still sinners, you died for us. And so we thank you so much for the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Today we ask for the Holy Spirit to come. And to lead us and guide us into all truth. That the words that I say not be my words, but God be your words through your Holy Spirit. So that no one's faith will stand in the wisdom of a man, but it will stand in the power of Almighty God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verse uh, verse 1 through 14. How about that? There's not 114 verses in Romans 6. Romans 6 Verse 1 through 14 is going to be our base text today. And so I want you to open it up on whatever you have today, a paper Bible or, or your tablet or your phone or whatever it is. I want you to open it up. I want you to make this text, Romans 6, verses 1 through 14, something that in your personal time you come back to every so often. I'm not going to say read it once a day, once a week, once a month. But every so often, you come back to it. Because if there was one passage of Scripture in the Bible that I would say really defines what happened to us when we accept Christ, it's this. And so it's a short passage, but we need reminding because I believe that as we grow in the knowledge of God, then we get stronger in our faith. As we get stronger in our faith, then we're more successful in our life. And so going back to this passage will cause you to live in a higher way of living. Amen? Praise God. Say, I want to live in a higher way of living. Say it again like you really, really mean it. I want to live in a higher way of living. It says this in verse 1 of Romans chapter 6. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death his meaning jesus if we have been united together in the likeness of jesus death certainly we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection that's good right there right amen knowing this see it says knowing this i believe that that's a faith statement knowing this i know this what do i know I know that my old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that I will no longer be slaves of sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you be excited about that today? I'm no longer a slave to sin in my body. Amen. That the body of sin is done away with. It goes on. It says, because he who has died has been freed from sin. Let me give you an illustration. If somebody has passed from this life, they're dead. And they're laying in a casket at their funeral. And let's just say that there's someone that's at their funeral that was an enemy. That every time they saw that person, hatred rose up in their heart, right? So as that person's laying there in their casket, what if that person that they hated so much walks by, and they're like, I'm going to spite them one more time. I'm going to walk just just to get under their skin. Does it get under their skin? Does it affect them at all? They're laying there dead in the casket. Their spirit has gone on from this life. Does that affect them at all? Zero. Zero. It affects them zero. Why? Because they're dead. He who has dead, who is dead, he who has died, does not continue in sin anymore. Amen? It doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them at all. See, because death no longer has dominion over him. Death no longer has dominion. See, in Jesus, death no longer has dominion over him. Why does death no longer have dominion? That word dominion means lordship, means rule. Death no longer has rule because he beat death. Amen? See, somebody that you beat doesn't rule over you anymore. You're not scared of them anymore. Death no longer has dominion over him. See, Jesus rose from the dead, but if I have been raised to life, if I have been identified with his resurrection, if when Jesus died on the cross, I died on the cross, and if when Jesus walked out of the grave, I walked out of the grave, then not only does death not have dominion over him, it doesn't have dominion over me, amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Why is that? Because I've given my lordship to Christ. I've given him permission, right? What do we do when we invite Jesus to come into our life? When we say, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life, we're giving him permission to rule. So we're saying, you know what? Death used to rule me. Sin used to rule me. But it doesn't anymore because I'm giving the permission. I'm taking control of my life. I didn't have a choice before. I didn't have a choice. I was born into a sinful world, and sin ruled. But then I said, Jesus... Come and break me out of these chains. Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. And when I said, Jesus, come and be my Lord, what I said was, death no longer rules me because it no longer rules you. Amen? Hallelujah. Death no longer has dominion or lordship over him because he that died died to sin once and for all. Say, for all. Say, I'm an all. He died for you once and for all but the life that he lives he lives to god likewise i love this reckon yourselves likewise just like jesus i want you to do the same thing likewise reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin but alive to god right reckon yourselves dead to sin but Alive unto God. He goes on to say, Therefore, do not let sin reign or rule or control or become Lord in your mortal body. See, when he says mortal body there, I love it. Because my spirit has been recreated into the image of God. Sin doesn't reign there. But sin can reign here because we're made of flesh and blood. Sin can reign here because sometimes my mind focuses on the external more than it focuses on the internal. Sin can reign in my mortal body because I allow it to reign in my mortal body. But he says, therefore, don't you let sin reign or rule or control your mortal body. I think it's interesting here that he says don't let sin reign Because sometimes we get into this rut, especially maybe after we've been a Christian for some time, that if we've got a struggle in our life, if we've got sin that's creeping up in our life, then the enemy comes against us and he says, well, you shouldn't be dealing with that. You're already beyond that in your Christian life. You shouldn't be dealing with these things. And then shame begins to come on us. Guilt begins to come. None of those things are of God. None of those things. See, if we do that, then we're letting sin reign in our body. But he says, don't you let sin reign in your body that you would obey it. Look, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you would obey it in its lust. The Lord lust there. Sometimes we think lust is a dirty word or only dealing with sexual things or whatever. But the word lust only means desire, that you would obey it in its desire. And then do not present your members. I love this so much. Do not present your members. The word of God is so good, isn't it? Man, it paints a clear picture for us. Do not let sin reign in you. And don't present your members, your hands, your feet, your voice, your actions. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness that word instrument there it means a tool do not present yourselves your members as a tool to bring about unrighteousness what is this unrighteousness it means any idea that contradicts who God has created you to be and who God has created others to be do not let your hands do not allow your feet do not allow your voice let me say this do not allow your thoughts to become something that is pulling you away from who God who God created you to be this passage right here it never once says that sin will not exist in the life of a christian somebody asked me one time do you think it's possible for a christian to live without sin in their life and i said well I mean theoretically I think it's possible because we have a, perf- a perfect Jesus inside of us so theoretically yes I believe it's possible do I think that we will ever reach that on this side of heaven no I don't think any of us will but the Bible doesn't ever tell us that we will the Bible doesn't ever tell us that we should it would be better for us absolutely because sin hurts us absolutely it would be better for us but I believe that what he's saying here is that there's going to be times when you don't act the way you were created to act. There's going to be times that you don't behave the way you were created to behave, that you don't think the way that you were created to think. And there's going to be times that I hurt my brother and sister who I love because I'm not acting the way that I was created to act. I say things that I wasn't created to say. There are times but I have a choice. I can either continue to allow sin to reign in my body or I can recognize that I've been redeemed. I can recognize that God has a higher way. Don't let sin reign. When sin comes, it's one and done. I'm not going to let sin reign in my body. And I'm not going to present my members as instrument. I'm not going to label it and put a label on it that says this is a tool of unrighteousness for my life. These hands, they're used for unrighteousness. I'm going to set those aside. I'm going to set this tongue aside because I just say what I think. (laughs) Are we hitting home yet? I just say what I think. I just put it all out there. What you see is what you get with me. Don't present your members as, as tools of unrighteousness where you're tearing down the one that God created. That's not what you were created to do. You were created to glorify God. You were created to encourage one another. You were created to strengthen one another. To speak the words of Jesus over one another. Don't present your body, your members, as tools, instruments of unrighteousness. But (laughs) present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead because that's what you are and your members as there's the word again instruments but this time it means weapons don't present your members as tools of unrighteousness that's going to tear things down but present your members as weapons of righteousness that word righteousness means justification so what am i going to do with my members I'm going to shout as loud as I can. I'm going to use these hands to serve the people of God. I'm going to use these feet to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every nation. I'm going to retrain my thinking so that I can think on the ways of God because his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm going to use my members as a weapon to take down the forces of darkness as members of righteousness, telling everyone that I see, including myself, that I am a child of God, that I have been called, I have been justified, that God has glorified me, that I am here for a purpose that is bigger than me, and some days I may not see it, but God is raising me up to a new way of living. Hallelujah. Guys, I told you I'm pumped today. I haven't got to the best part yet. (laughs) Present your bodies as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. And this is why the last line, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. That's why sin doesn't have dominion. That's why sin may come at times, but it doesn't have dominion. It doesn't rule over you because you're not under the law, you're under grace. See, if you were under the law, you're one and done and I don't mean sin one time and you're done with that sin I mean you sin one time you're put to death one and done then death reigns over you then death rules over you that's one and done But he says no 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 you're not under law you're under grace and the grace of God He saw us at our worst and loved us the grace of God he doesn't give us what we deserve. The grace of God picks us up and carries us and does what we can't do. You're not under the law, but you're under grace. Number one, this is what baptism represents. See, this right here, this water, baptism, this it's not real cold yet, you guys. It's, it's still, we put hot water in here a little while ago. It's, it's not super cold yet, but we're doing it at the end of service, so we'll see. We have the ice coming. <laughs> so, see, this water, this, this water is nothing. I mean, it's just, it's just water. Um, this, isn't, this thing right here is not holy uh, or anything like that. It's, um, it's a stock tank from, uh, I don't know, Tractor Supply. I don't know where it came from. Uh, we painted it black because it said on the side of it some brand or something. Um, so this is not special N- at all, at all. If it were on a, a, a ranch or like there would be like cows drinking out of it, It's maybe they were. I don't know. We didn't wash it. <laughs> we got it on sale and swap. Let's trade even, in good shape. It's not special, guys. This is just water. And if you get in it today, or maybe you've been, you've been baptized in the past, or maybe you're considering it. You get in it today, and we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, the only way the words matter is if you take them. And so if I baptize you, and you come up, I'm telling you what, you have a choice. You could either just get wet, or you could be changed you can either just get wet or you could be changed I believe that when we were baptized into Christ when we called on Jesus into our life we said be my Lord you were baptized into him and you were changed on the inside What water baptism means to you is that I'm going public with this right here I'm not hiding it anymore I've heard it said before I'm about the action not just the talk and that's what you're showing right here you're showing that I'm for real about this and I'm blasting it out to everybody that I know that I'm for real that this is something that's transformed me this is something that's changed my life see if that happens then it's not just water anymore if this happens and it's not just words anymore but it's come alive in you and I believe that in this act of obedience just like Jesus did as he was baptized in water, that it activates something on the inside of you. I believe this. Number one, that baptism represents. I want you to write this down, put it in your notes on your phone or whatever it is. If you've been baptized before, I want you to take it and run with it. If you're being baptized today, I want you to take this and run with it. If you're considering water baptism, I'm telling you why. Number one, water baptism, it represents that your past is dead and you walk in newness of life. Your past is gone, it's dead, and you walk in newness of life. No longer does sin have dominion in your mortal body. Number two, baptism represents that you are planted. Baptism represents that you are planted. When you plant a plant, you plant a seed, you plant a bulb, you put it in the ground, you cover it up with dirt. That thing looks like you've just buried it and it's done. And what happens as it's watered, as it gets sunlight, as you feed it, it begins to grow and all of a sudden it pops back out. And as it pops back out, it's not just a little seed anymore, but it's a plant, and it begins to grow. And it's got leaves, and it's got flowers, or bears fruit. It does what it's designed to do. See, when you are baptized in water today, and I put you under that water, then I believe you go under the water, and you're planted. But you raise up out of the water, and you're beautiful. I believe that you raise up out of the water no longer dead I believe that you raise up out of the water ready to bloom into what God has put on the inside of you that seed had the tree in it all along but until it was buried it did never become a tree until it was buried until it was planted if it remains in the package if it remains in the container grew peaches at my house this year. It's like the third or fourth year and we got some really good ones this year. Those peaches have a seed in the middle but as long as that seed remains in the middle of the peach we we ate a few of the peaches but then we went out of town and we came back and the peaches were not good anymore, right? As long as the the seed remains in the middle of that peach it's never going to become a tree. But if I took that seed and I planted that seed and I watered that seed and I gave that seed sunlight, then that seed would begin to sprout up and grow into what God created it to be. Baptism represents that you've been planted. I believe that there's something great inside every one of us. In Psalm chapter one, verse one, it says, blessed is a man that is not, and this is rough, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. It says, but his delight is in the law of God. And in God's law, does he meditate or think about or consider day and night? And then it says, he will be like a tree that is planted by the river that yields its fruit in its season. That leaves don't wither, and whatever it does, prospers. I believe that being planted signals the end. I want you to get this. I believe that being planted signals the end of the effects of shaking in your life because you're planted. What do I mean by that? COVID-19. What do I mean by that? Ups and downs in the job market, in the oil industry. We got a lot of people in Carlsbad that work in oil and work in potash. Potash and oil are up and down and they have been forever. And sometimes we can be shaken. I don't care how stable you think things are, sometimes you can be shaken. Pastor Ray said this yesterday. We were talking about COVID and talking about when we could hopefully go to the Philippines again. He said, I don't know. Well, one of the the people on the the line said, I don't know with this Delta variant. Pastor Ray said, Delta variant may come, but we've got Alpha and Omega. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. There was some shouting going on at 5 a.m. yesterday. Praise God. Praise God. This signals the end of shaking in your life. Hebrews 12, 25, it says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn from him who speaks from heaven. We're talking about God speaking here. Don't turn your back to God speaking. Because God is speaking and God is moving in this earth. Don't turn away from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't turn away from the voice of God in this earth because God is speaking. He is speaking. So he says here, do not turn away because his voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying once more I will shake not only the earth but the heaven. And now this yet once more indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. So therefore, since we are receiving... So that word receiving there, I love that it's in the present and continuing tense. Since we are in the process of receiving, it goes on to say a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I am receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Well, didn't you receive it when you accepted Jesus? Yes, 100%. But how many of us walk in the full effects of what we received when we received Jesus? I don't think there's any one of us in this room that walk 100%, 24-7, 365, in the full effects of what we received when we received Jesus. So it says here, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. See, things are going to shake There's going to be times when there are are portions of your life, maybe it seems like every part of your life, that is shaken. There's going to be systems of this world that are shaken. But we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And since we are learning, since we are growing in our understanding of the kingdom that cannot be shaken... I am in the process of receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken since I have received that. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear because our God is a consuming fire. See, baptism signifies that I have been planted And if I've been planted, then I'm like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that is soaking up God. And I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And the systems of this world may shake. Though a 1,000 may fall at my side. Though 10,000 may fall at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. Look at this. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west. I pointed over here. And that's not west, that is. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and the glory from the rising of the sun, right, from the east. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and those who turn away from transgression in Jacob. One little caveat there where it says Jacob. Anytime that we see the word Jacob in the scripture, we can interchange that for the word Israel because the nation of Israel was founded through the man Jacob. In fact, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And so we see this here that it says, so they shall fear the name of the Lord. One more thing about Israel (laughs) is that anytime the scripture, especially in the New Testament, is talking about Israel, we can also substitute that for the people of God, the chosen people of God. Abraham looked up and God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He said, look at the sky, and I want you to count the stars because that's how many your descendants will be. And then I want you to look at the ground, and I want you to count the sand because that's how many your descendants will be. What he's saying there is there are physical descendants of Abraham and there are spiritual descendants of Abraham. One's on earth and one's in the heavens. And he's saying there that we as Christians are the spiritual descendants of Abraham even if we don't have the Jewish heritage and the Jewish lineage in our bloodline. So that was a little bit of Bible theology there so that we can understand this this verse better. But it says they will fear the name of the Lord from the east and the west. I believe he's saying east and west there because we have a definite point that you can't go any further north than the North Pole where Santa Claus lives, right? And you can't go any further south than the South Pole where evil Santa Claus, I don't know. We can't go any further south than, than the South Pole, right? There you go, penguins. Penguins live there, North Pole, Santa Claus, right? You can't go any further north, any further south. But east and west, it just goes. It just goes, So they will fear the Lord from everywhere. And there will be no end. It just perpetuates over and over and over again. Circles around. They will fear the name of the Lord. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. What is the standard? It's the Redeemer that comes from the hill of God or Zion. It says, let us turn. It says, the Redeemer will come to Zion to those who turn from their transgressions in Israel or in the, oh my gosh, I don't know what that was. (coughs) Wow. All of my insides almost came out just now and I have no idea like what that even was. Wow. I've never experienced that before. This is hot off the presses, guys. Oh, I was fired up too. All right, we got to find this place again. (laughs) The Redeemer comes to Zion or comes to the hill of God to call all those who have been chosen is what I'm trying to say. I believe this, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God raised up a new flood. I believe this, that baptizing in water, is signifying that I'm not affected or I'm not shaken or, or I will not be deterred by the flood because I've been immersed. I'm not deterred by the flood because I've been immersed. I believe this that the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard, the standard that God lifted up as the enemy came in like a flood, as he said, no, I'm going to wash with the water. See, I'm not going to be affected by the flood because I've been washed in the blood, amen? Hallelujah. I'm not going to be affected because I have got a new standard, and it's the blood of Jesus that has washed me clean. I have already been washed in the blood. That's a new standard. I'm no longer judged according to my actions, amen? I'm judged according to his sacrifice, to his perfection. Today, the standard is not me and my sin. Today, the standard is Jesus and his perfection. That's the new standard. I'm no longer a slave to my past. I'm no longer a slave to the way that I used to think. I'm no longer a slave to sin, I don't have to live under the curses of my bloodline. Did you know that? I don't have to live under the curses of my bloodline because I've got a new bloodline. I don't have to live under those curses because Jesus Christ, He came into my life. He broke every curse. Amen? He broke every curse. He conquered the pattern of sin. He broke off the chains that abound me. Today, I stand as the righteousness of God in Christ. Today I'm baptized into Him. Being baptized in water signifies that I'm planted in Christ. Being baptized in water signifies that I am alive in Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Number three, and we're closing with this, being baptized in water represents that you are clean. Being baptized in water represents that you are clean. The scripture tells us this, that we come into the mountain of God. We come into the hill of the Lord because we've had our hearts pure. We've had our hearts washed. We've had our hearts cleaned in 1 Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 20 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 says this That in a great house <laughs> I keep telling this to go to 2nd Timothy and it just wants to stay on Hebrews 2 Timothy 2, 20, rough, it says this. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are vessels of wood and, and earth. Some are to honor and some are to dishonor. But if we will purge ourselves from the things that are dishonorable, then we will be a vessel of honor. And then it says an important word, sanctified. We will be a vessel of honor sanctified for the master's use, set aside, set apart. Being baptized in water signifies what's already happened on the inside of you, that you are set apart, that you've purged yourself from the things that are unclean, and it's not a part of you anymore, and now you have been made alive, and you're a vessel of honor, and you're sanctified, and you're ready for the Master's use. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you cleansed us, that you washed us clean, that you've made us holy, you've made us alive. We glorify you today. Was, guys, with every head bowed and eyes closed, we're just doing this out of respect for one another. you've never received Jesus and maybe you're online today and you've never received Jesus into your life I want to give you that opportunity today we talked about it extensively what's happened to us as we received Christ but God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we could be right in the eyes of God see it's not about the fact that you're perfect because you're not You're like, man, I I, want to do that, but I just need to get some things right in my life first. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus came to help you get the things right in your life. And so if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to invite Jesus in. What we're saying is we talked about at the very beginning, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. Because I don't want sin to be my Lord anymore. I don't want death to be my Lord anymore. I want Jesus to be my Lord. See, sin never did anything for me. It never did anything. All it left me was a mess. It left me with heartache. It left me broken, hurting, struggling. It pushed away relationships that I cared about. And I need Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. If you're in this room or you're online and you say, Pastor Jason, I'm already a Christian, thank God. Thank God. Let's join together today with our brothers and sisters that maybe haven't come into the family yet. And let's all pray this prayer. Say, God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. I know that I'm a mess and I need your help. So today, I invite Jesus into my life. I believe that he died on the cross and I believe that he rose again. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to help me and to change me, to be my Lord. In Jesus' name.